Welcome to day two of week six of looking through First and Second Samuel. We're going to look at Second Samuel, the first half of the second chapter, as we continue to look at these lessons from David about what to do in the midst of a transition. Yesterday, we looked at realizing that it would take time. That's the hardest one of all for us. We want the transition to be about five minutes, and then we're fine. But it takes time to make a transition. And we also, in a transition, need to recognize the significance of the past. There's a third truth that we learn from David. And this is one of those times in this truth that I see maybe most clearly what it means for David to be a man after God's own heart. He always sought the Lord. He always talked to the Lord about things. He had this deep, close, personal relationship with God. So the third truth we learn is you seek God's wisdom for the practical steps to take in the transition. Not just, Lord, should we make a transition? That becomes obvious after a while. But what are the steps to take? Lord, what should we do in this moment? Listen to what David did. Chapter two, verse one. After this, David asked the Lord, should I move back to one of the towns of Judah? Yes, the Lord replied. Then David asked, which town should I go to? To Hebron. The Lord answered. David's two wives were Anoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel. So David and his wives and his men and their families all moved to Judah, and they settled in the villages near Hebron. And then the men of Judah came to David and crowned him king over the people of Judah. David, this man after God's own heart, instead of immediately moving to the main capital and trying to take the throne, He asked the Lord, the capital where Saul had been, he asked the Lord, where should I move? Should I move back to Israel? What town should I move back to? See, you and I, we want the transition to be gotten through as quickly as possible. But the truth of the matter is, the people that are around us don't always think that way. And God knew this. He knew that there needed to be time to walk through this transition for David. People have to take time to gain trust in your leadership. So God says to David, I want you to move more to this county, this area, instead of the whole country. I want you to start leading there. Now, the interesting thing to us as we look at this conversation is the direct answers that David got from God. You think, I'd love it if I could get that kind of a conversation with God. God, should I move here? Yes. Uh, Should I move into that neighborhood or that neighborhood? This is the neighborhood. Wouldn't you love it if you got those kind of answers? The truth of the matter is, We don't maybe have this exact kind of conversation with God, but we do have two things that David did not have that allow us to get the same kind of wisdom from God. James tells us if anybody doesn't have wisdom, ask for it and God will give it. So how does he give his wisdom? Even in the practical details as we walk through a transition, how does his wisdom come into our lives? Two ways, through God's word and through God's people, who by the way are filled with God's spirit. Through God's word, written by God's spirit, and through God's people, filled with God's spirit. So when you're making a transition, you need to spend a lot of time in God's word and just let his word speak to you. You're gonna come across verses. You're gonna come across passages that speak to your heart. If you're in a business transition, there may be a lot of business books you need to be reading right now and you should read those books. There's some practical things you need for wisdom. What should we do? Who do we need to hire? But the truth is you also need to be reading God's word in the midst of this transition because you're gonna hear truth from God's word that will help you to understand, oh, that's what the Lord wants me to do in this situation. That's God's direction in this situation. He can give wisdom that you can get in no other book, obviously. It's relational wisdom. It's deep wisdom. You might, if you're in a business transition, you might want to be reading through the book of Proverbs right now because it's got a lot of business wisdom. If you're in a relationship transition, you might be want to be reading through, well, 
any of the Gospels or any of the New Testament letters. They give you great wisdom for relationship transitions. Read through God's Word. He will speak to you as you read it. And you also have the wisdom you get from God's people. You ask God's people. David went directly to God and he said, should I live in Israel? And then should I live in Hebron? You and I can go directly to God's people who are filled with God's spirit and say, would you give me some advice here? What do you think? Now, they're not perfect. They're not always going to give you perfect advice. But when you start putting God's word together with God's people, you're going to get a sense of God's direction. I want to remind you that leadership in the transition, when you talk to God's people, it's not always doing what they say you should do. If you're trying to lead a church or a ministry, and you talk to a bunch of people and they say you should do this, it's not always doing what they say you should do. Sometimes leadership has to do more than what everybody is thinking. That's why you need a leader. But leadership is always knowing and taking into account what everyone is thinking, what everyone is saying. If you sense that God is saying do something different, then you can tell him why. Then you can say, I know we're all thinking this, but look at what God is calling. But if you don't listen to people, you're not even going to be able to say that. You won't even know where they are. So you have to listen to God's people, and you have to listen to God's word. Now, seeking God's wisdom for the practical steps to take in the transition, David asked some questions of God. Should I move back to one of the towns? Which town should I go to? The question I have of you is this. What questions do you need to be asking God right now? What questions about your family? What questions about your business? What questions about your ministry? What questions about your own growth and life? Where is it that you're facing a transition? And in that place, where do you need to ask God some questions? You seek God's wisdom for the practical steps to take in the transition. There's a fourth principle we learn from David. Fourth principle begins in verse four of chapter two, and that is you clearly identify yourself as the leader. If God's calling you to be the leader, and in transitions there are times when all of us, God's calling you to be the leader, then you clearly identify yourself as the leader. Listen to what happened in the last half of uh, chapter two, last half of verse four. When David heard that the men of Jabesh Gilead had buried Saul, he sent them this message. May the Lord bless you for being so loyal to your master Saul and giving him a decent burial. May the Lord be loyal to you in return and reward you with his unfailing love. And I too will reward you for what you've done. Now that Saul is dead, I ask you to be my strong and loyal subjects like the people of Judah who have anointed me as their new king. David had been anointed by Samuel to be king. So he knew where this story was headed. He knew what God's will was. So although he's not yet over the whole nation, God's told him not to do that yet, he did ask those where he lived, and he asked those with whom he was in relationship to be loyal to him as king. He stood up and he said, God has chosen me to be the leader. To be the leader, at some point, you have to say that you are or you want to be the leader. You have to act like the leader. A lot of people just sort of wait for people to rise up and say, hey, you're the leader without them saying anything. That almost never happens. That almost never happens. No, you have to stand up and say, I'm the leader. Now, there are two problems with this that I see amongst followers of Jesus. Number one, those who try to take leadership that's not theirs, they stand up and say, I'm the leader, when they're clearly not the leader. They're just filled maybe with their pride, or they think it's the right thing to do. For whatever reason, they say, I'm the leader, and they're clearly not. David is our example there. He waited until Saul was gone to say he was the leader. Before he became the leader, he waited for God to deal with the leader who was in place. He let God take care of that one. He didn't try to push too hard. He waited on God's timing. If 
you can't wait on God's timing, then you're clearly not the leader. It's probably about your pride or your anxiety or your fear or something else. When God has anointed you to be the leader, you're able to wait on God's timing. That's one problem. But I'll tell you what, there's a bigger problem. And the bigger problem is those who, out of a kind of false humility, refuse to take leadership that's clearly theirs. You say, well, I'm not perfect. Who am I to lead? Well, no one is perfect. And who are you not to lead when God is pointing the way? So I I see this false humility in a dad who doesn't lead his kids in understanding God's truth. Who am I to tell them about the Bible? Let them find their own way towards whatever kind of truth they want to follow. Because the dad knows his struggles, or he's even having struggles right now in his own life, he refuses to lead, even though God says, you're the one who's supposed to lead spiritually in the home. I see this in a, in a woman who shrinks from leadership in her company, even though it's obvious to everyone that she's the best person for the job, because she feels like it would seem pushy to say that I want to lead. I see this someone in a ministry who constantly pushes others into leadership positions, even though they are clearly the most qualified and even the one who's called because they're afraid of the criticism that might go along with leadership. There are those moments in life when you have to take a risk and say, I'm sensing that God is calling me to lead here. I'm sensing that God is calling something in my life. That's part of the transition. And you may think I'm not a leader most of the time, but there are some times in all of our lives when God has called you to lead. And in those moments, you have to take the risk to step forward, to step out. So what do we learn from David? We learn to pray about the details as we walk through the transition. We learn to say what you sense God is calling you to through the transition. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's pray to him right now. As we pray, there may be some detail that came to mind today as we were talking. And I encourage you, talk to him about it right now. Just say, Lord, I need your wisdom in this. What to do with my company, what to do in the company that I'm working with, what to do at my school, what to do about this move that we're thinking about, what what to do with one of my kids, what to do about this relationship, should we get married, should we not get married, what what to do, Lord? I need your wisdom. So as I read your word, would you give it to me? As I talk to your people, would you give me your wisdom? You've said if anyone would ask for wisdom, you would give it. So Lord, I'm asking for your wisdom in this detail of my life, in this decision of my life. And I ask for this wisdom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the reality we don't like to face, the truth that there is always conflict in the transition. (laughs) 